and welcome to Things We're Too Lazy to Blog About. I am Amanda Lauren, and I am, I mean, I guess I'm with my co-host, but we're on the phone. Uh, Allie Levine. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. And we are. I mean, we're, we're remotely together. We are remote. We are together in spirit. So a lot of people have been asking about, like, Allie's birth story, and we've, like, told parts of it, right? I mean, we've, we've, but we've never really, like, Allie has never really told the whole story, but I just, I just want to say this before we start, which is that, you know, Allie is going to tell the story from her perspective and as a perspective, I, I, from the perspective of someone who is friends with her and who I feel like, I feel like I know so much about what happened or most of what happened, you know, yeah, during the did. pregnancy, mm-hmm. et cetera. You know, one thing that I just want to sort of make clear to everyone coming from a separate person, which is that I've never seen someone try to have their shit together more than when Allie was pregnant. Like, you were very specific about what you wanted. You did your homework. Like, you did everything the right way. You... You know, you were super healthy. You didn't even have, like, a sip of wine, which, I mean, look like, and by the way, (laughs) wait, I should say this, disclaimer. The way Allie chose to have her pregnancy and the way you chose to have your birth is what worked for you. And that might be, you know, obviously every, and I can say this is a non-pregnant, as someone who's never had a baby, but it's like a human being. Everybody is different. Everyone's experience is different. And that what you know, Allie wanted might not be what you want and it might not be what I want. Right. And, and, and your birth is your birth. It's whatever you want and whatever feels comfortable to you, period. No one can tell you how you, you know, whether, whatever ends up happening is up, you know, the universe, but nobody can tell you what you want your birth plan to be. People can have their opinions. Many had plenty of mine Mm -hmm. and you have to just do what's right for you and what feels right. And it goes the same as now just being a new mom and raising my daughter. Everything is up to you. Nobody can tell you, I mean, they can tell you, but nobody can truly tell you what to do that you have to actually listen. You can take advice, you can hear things, but it's up to you to, you know, decide how you want to do things, how you want to raise them because they're your child. And no one should ever shame about anything and like what you're saying, because everybody's different and everybody feels differently about different things. And you know your body best and you know your baby best. And so that was where I came from with how I'm going to talk about my story. I, I also just want to say one more, one more, two more things. I also relate a lot to the story and it's really funny. Um, I was writing an article and this ended up getting cut out. But it's it's important to say that, like, even if you've never given birth and you're listening to this because you're just curious or you never plan on having a baby or maybe you had a good experience, a bad experience, that, you know, one thing that, like, I, I have to say this, you and Chanel, because I fractured, if, you, if you're if you just tuning in, if you've never listened to this podcast before, first of all, please subscribe because we have lots of good yeah. stuff. Lots subscribe of and write a review. So many good But also... I fractured my spine over the summer and I had a lot of medical challenges and a lot of frustrations with my body, not doing what it would like me to do. And, you know, it's just, it's really funny as I was writing. And unfortunately this got cut out because it's it just this essay that I was writing for a sweat life ended up being too long and it was about meditation, but 
you know, I have to say, like, I'm so grateful that I had you and Chanel as pregnant friends because I feel like we were all, like, resources to each other, even though I oh, didn't yeah, experience definitely. pregnancy. I feel like the commonality of dealing with the medical system and not having full control over your body is something I'm like, oh, thank God my friends just had a baby because I can tell them how I feel. And it doesn't sound like I'm complaining because because we are going through similar feelings, even though the situation is, is different. So I just want to say that if you've never given birth, if the thought of birth turns you off or whatever, if you've ever felt this like episode isn't for you. <laughs> no, no, but, but it is for you because I think that like anyone who's ever had a medical challenge or not being able to control a situation etc um you know can can definitely relate to your story and one one more thing and then I'll shut up and I'll let Allie tell the story <laughs> but you know one thing I found as an outsider to this situation and as someone who does plan on having a baby one day you know obviously you have to listen one and I think I can speak for you listen to your own body it's very important and two Absolutely really do your research and do your homework and read things from multiple sources, whether you're reading books, listening to podcasts, um, audio books, you're just reading websites. Like I really think that when it comes to any situation, knowledge is power. And I really believe that only you can make the best decision for you and your child. If you read and understand all of the research or, you know, even just talking to people, you know, and getting multiple perspectives, I think that like, you can feel really unsure about things. And I know Ali did. And if you talk to multiple to multiple people, it really does. It really does help. Because being sure in your decision to do something is just it's, it's important. And I think that Ali was so sure in her decision about the way she wanted to have her pregnancy and give birth. And I think that's just so, so important to do your homework. Yep, 100%. No matter what you're going to do, um, regardless, whether it's hospital, it's birth center, it's home birth, it's whatever you feels right to you, do your research, know what you're talking about, know what's important to you, know what, you know, the risks and everything else that go along with any type of birth because birth is, crazy and you know scary and beautiful and all these things and you have to just know like Amanda said know your body know what you want know what's important to you and make your decisions that way and by all means um you know with my birth story it's not and tell people any by any means of what to do it's more to share my story because so many people have asked us on you know um dms and on like you know reviews and on messages and on this and on that and everyone wants to hear because we've kind of alluded to it we've talked a little bit about it there's been things like in the press and we'll link those articles and you know it's like i said to amanda like i'm not gonna lie amanda knows because she's my closest friend besides my co-host but it's been very hard for me and it's been something that i haven't been able to truly handle and deal with and so i'm still kind of handling so in a sense this is also a little bit therapeutic for me because Amelia will be six months next week and Amanda and I felt like okay it's time for me to share my story I also just want to say this too um 
which is that especially like with your experience, and I'll tell you my own personal medical experiences, you know, doctors are not always God. I think that we think of doctors as like the end all and be all. And, you know, they're not always... No, there's something, not. and I, I think you can, I think you can attest to this. There's something seriously wrong with the American medical system, and I don't know how to solve it. I'm not an expert, but like, even if you, it's really funny because you had insurance, you know, you had insurance, and even if you have insurance, um, you still end up paying a ton of money for things, oh, and yeah. because. Wait, I just want to make something clear from from research I've I've done for various things that I've written, which is that just just to make because I know that we have listeners in in other countries. So let me just yeah. tell you very quickly how it works here. You pay a ton of money for insurance. The insurance companies make it impossible to pay these doctors who pay a ton of money and devote years of their life to medical school. So everything is an argument. Everything is a fight. Everything is being nickeled and dimed. And it is actually dealing with this. I mean, it's so funny because when you were, and you'll, you'll tell the story, but like a little bit about it. But like when you've been talking to your insurance company, you're like, I feel like I'm going to lose my baby from the stress of dealing with my insurance company. Yeah, to have no, the baby. exactly. hundred percent. And it's true. And like you, like you made a really good point. When you said, and again, people are going to be controversial about this, and people are going to say, well, that's, you know, whatever, and that's fine to each his own, whatever. But some people do put way too much trust in doctors. They put way too much trust in, oh, you know, they are the end-all, be-all. They are this. Okay, yes, they are experts. Yes, they studied this mess. At the end of the day, you know, to my mouth, your fucking body. Like, you know what feels right. You know No what one knows doesn't. better than you. No one knows better than you. Perfect example with our friend. Chanel, who's one of our previous guests at Well by Chanel, she recently diagnosed like a bunch of her own stuff because she kept going to the doctor and was like, okay, something's off with my body. Like I had the baby, you know, six months ago, this is going on with me. And they kept telling her, well, no, it's, it's not that. Well, no, it's not this. And she knew, no, 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 something there's was something wrong. going on with me. Yeah, she knew there's something wrong and good for her for figuring it out and being able to speak on that because she just showed that you have to be your own advocate, period. Yeah, no matter what your situation is, you know what? And I think that like, it's like I said, I had a medical situation right after my friends had given birth. And I really think that there's a lot of, that we can all learn a lot from hearing about other women's medical situations because also because birth is very, very medicalized in this country. And I know if you watch the business of being born, which is an excellent documentary. Um, yeah, I think I saw it on Netflix. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's a really, it's a little bit scary to watch because it's, it's intense, but you know, in other countries, it's not like this. And you know, it's, I think that it's becoming less and less more women are, and I don't have statistics in front of me, so don't send me an email saying, no, those statistics that, no, but right. it seems to me that more and more women are choosing to give birth in different ways. So, yeah, all right, let me, because, so let's, well, I was going to say, okay, like real quick, like I was going to say, like to echo what you're saying, like it's because so many women realize that, like, again, whatever, teach his own, but so many doctors want to just, like, you know, hook you up and do this medically and do that. And it's like, well, not everybody wants that. 
And the thing is, is that, you know, like back in the day, people just went to a field and squatted and had babies, no problem. So women people are kind of shitted out work. babies. What? That's a, I was going to say, that's a drop for you. People shitted out oh. babies. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, I mean, they, like they were, and they just go to a field and like knock it out. And it's like, okay, well, um, you know, people have realized that nowadays, like women are taking their power back. Like, all of a sudden, they're like, you know what? That's what they used to do. So I'm going to, you know, go ahead and allow myself to be at a birth center. I'm going to allow myself to have a home birth. Or I'm going to do this. Or I'm going to do that. And they feel good about it because they know that that's what people used to do without all of this. So it's like, long time ago, birth just happened. Like, yeah, of course, you know, some people are going to say, some women died. This happened. This happened. Of course. But. A lot of women I've spoken to want to take their power back in the sense of, I know my body, like Amanda said, be your own advocate. I know what I want. I know what I feel. I know what's right for me. And that's kind of a little bit about my story before I go into it. And and if something like doesn't, and if something doesn't feel right, like get a second opinion. If something doesn't seem like it works for you, like go, like giving birth, by the way, you have to be with this doctor for like nine months. Or you don't. So let me ask, let's start from the beginning. So what was your, okay. So when you were pregnant, how did you plan? What did you want? Well, first of all, I think we should explain that like what, what happened with you originally. And this is, this is me from, from memory. So I remember you got pregnant and you really wanted to have like a natural birth. You wanted to use a birth center originally, right? Correct. Yes. Originally when I first got pregnant, because of all the reading I had done and different stories I'd heard and just what I felt. And I am not, as you know, as my friend, I'm not someone who really truly trusts all doctors um, really isn't someone who feels comfortable with most doctors, isn't someone who really enjoys going to the hospital. Not that anybody does, but I get, like, serious anxiety. Always have, probably always will. I, I um, do, too. Yeah, you know, um, I just said to myself, like, you know what? I don't, um, I don't, I, I just don't want that. I want a natural birth. Yeah, from the beginning, when I first found out I was pregnant, I knew, you know, from that moment that that was how I wanted to give birth. And I shared that with Justin, my husband, some of my closest friends. Like, that was my plan. So, you, but you did go see, so from what I remember, to go, you went to go see a doctor who came recommend, some, who someone, I don't want to say who it was, but who someone very close to you recommended. And then yeah. what, and then it turned out, what it, it turned out, I, I think, like, we should talk about this, too, because these are things that happen, even, like, you know, very quickly, even before the whole birth story, which is that yeah. this doctor said they took your insurance. The insurance company said that they would accept that the doctor was in network. And then what happened? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yes, exactly. So I was recommended through a friend, and, you know, that, has, that, that was their doctor. I needed to find an OBGYN. This and that. I asked if it was in network. I called. I asked their office. I called my insurance. Everything was like, yes, 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 to go. So I go to them, and all of a sudden, um, after seeing them for like, I think it was like seven or eight weeks, I had at least one or two appointments there, I get a phone call from insurance. Um, Why are you seeing this doctor? This is not coverage. And I said, excuse me? And they said, 
This is not within your coverage. We're not covering these bills. We sent you the bills in full. We're not paying them. And they said, uh, what? And they were like, no, sorry. You know, like, we Hey girl, my phone died, so I'm gonna do this through the computer till it wakes up again. I don't know why. Oh, it died. I, was, I was like, what just happened? <laughs> no, so I was just like, I'm just gonna call back through the computer. Okay. So are we good? So, yeah. So we got. So you, this doctor came recommended by a friend, and then what happened? Okay, so the doctor came recommended by a friend. I called my insurance. I called their office. I said I would like to see you. I'd like to set up an appointment blah, 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 I'm pregnant, you know, here's my referral. Okay, sure, you can come in. I go in, I start seeing the doctor. I did like, I think two checkups, maybe three. And all of a sudden I get a phone call from insurance. Um, and I will name them Anthem, a-holes. And they call the and they're like, um, sorry, you know, this is not covered. Like, why are you seeing them? And I was like, excuse me? And they were like, why are you not, why are you not seeing that? And I was like, why are you going to them? Like, what, 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 what made you think? And I was like, excuse me. I was like, you guys told me this covered. Oh no, 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 Like, there must have been some miscommunication and blah, blah, blah. We can't cover that. And not only can you need to stop seeing them immediately, but we have a doctor for you that's under like our network and umbrella, whatever, who I had never heard of. And not to sound like totally rude and anything, but like it was a name I couldn't even pronounce. I was like, um, no, I'm not comfortable. I don't even know who that is. I can't even find reviews on it. Wait, 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 wait. I'm gonna interrupt you for a second. She gave me, so Alec gives me this list of doctors and they were all in like, okay, I'm not being a snob, but none of them were in areas you would even want to drive through to gas up right. your car. They were all in the ghetto. Totally, completely. <laughs> not safe and like look we live in los angeles like while there are good doctors everywhere there are certain neighborhoods and areas where they're just better doctors um and that was not one of them right exactly amelia's laughing at you um so um so yeah exactly so you know i was like okay well what was i going to do and they're like well we can't pay for any of these bills. So we're going to send them to you. We're not covering them at all. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. I, I can't pay these like thousand dollar bills. Get the hell out of here. So that was a whole nother thing that I had to fight for quite a long time with that until finally they like, you know, brought the number down and I like end up paying it. But it was like a huge struggle. And I went back and forth with my insurance broker and he was like back and forth on the phone with them. And so then he had to help me find a new doctor and then because I didn't want the plan that I was in we had to like switch my plan to get a doctor that I actually like trusted and believed in and felt comfortable with my broker had to like get involved like get to help me be an advocate for myself I mean literally when Amanda was talking about how I literally felt like oh my god god forbid I'm gonna be so stressed I'm gonna lose my baby they were harassing me so much and treating me so shitty for being a newly pregnant mom that I was like Seriously, they say stress is the worst thing for, like, you just carrying, creating a baby. Like, you guys are the worst. And, like, they just did not care. I was like, so what am I supposed to do? Like, I just don't see 
a doctor? Like, what would you like me to do? And they were like, oh, sorry, we can't cover that. Oh, sorry, we can't do that. So that's when I was like, screw this. I'm going to find a midwife because I had heard midwives do their own thing. They <laughs> have you pay cash, like, in front of them. They handle things on the side, and it's a different setup. And I had heard that before through other friends who had done that. And I was like, you know what? Now this is going on. I screw it. Like I tried to go through the system. It's not working. Now Wait, I'm going can you go to another doctor in between finding the midwife. Uh, I went to like, I went to like a, um, wasn't a doctor. It was like a, um, it was like no, a, checkup you go, what was her name? Wait, no. Cause um, I said her name sounds normal. You should go to her and she was in a good location and then she couldn't because she couldn't. What's it called? No, no, no. At, she was after the midwife. Oh, God, yeah, we, we went through three, four medical providers. That's so much shit. No, so okay, I know what you're thinking about. So I went to the first midwife, and she was fantastic, and she helped me with my first testing and this and that, and she gave me some really good information with like nutrition and this and that. Because that's the thing with midwives; they're all about teaching you, like from the beginning of birth, like how to be really aware of your body and and to like help things move along in a very natural way. Um, between food and this and that and all these things versus where like a doctor is just like a program. Come on in, we'll do this checkup. Come on in, we'll do this. Come on in, we'll do a swab. Like it's very, you know, regimented. Um, and so midwives are not. So I saw her and what Amanda's referring to is after I saw her, she was kind of far from me. She was in Pasadena and it was just too much to go to her all the time. Oh my like, God, I like, remember this. Now I'm remembering. Yeah. yeah, but she was fantastic. And she was recommended me to like a couple other midwives. And by then, my insurance broker had gotten me approved on another plan and gotten me better doctors. And so I was like, okay, let me take one more crack at this now that, you know, my guy's taking care of this for me. So then that's what Amanda's talking about. When Amanda and I were going through this, like, list of people and looking at reviews and looking at stuff, and I was like, okay, well, I don't know any people. I don't have any referrals, like, nothing. I don't really know how to go off of them. At least they all have good reviews, you know, whatever. And Amanda was like, okay, well, Dr. Rachel Long literally has a normal name, not to be rude, compared to everybody else on this list, even though they all have, like, good reviews, maybe you should see her. And, like, we kind of made a joke about it, but then that's who I ended up seeing. (laughs) So I went to her. I was seeing her for a while. I really liked her because she practices Reiki, and she works with midwives, and she works with doulas, and she totally got my vibe. And so even though she's a doctor... She still, like, had her own vibe and worked in it and was really, really nice, really cool, respected my wishes. Everything was good, and I was, like, totally in a good mindset, like, okay, I kind of found, like, best of both worlds. This doctor, like, gets me. It's all good. Like, we're good. And then... Right, but so I thought. So all of a sudden, I call Amanda, like, crying, because it was, like, I was almost at the end of my pregnancy. I was, like, what, Amanda? Like, probably 34, 35 weeks pregnant? Something like that. Right? It was, like, right before my baby shower. So I had to be, like, around that. Um, and so she calls me in, but she wants to tell me something, which I very much appreciate that she told me because she didn't have to because most doctors won't tell you. that Her father was sick and sadly dying and that she was going to be taking a leave and going to spend time with him. And unfortunately, that leave time was going to be most likely when I was going to labor and give birth. And she was like, you know, I may be back. But, like, the chances are very slim to none. And I don't want you to, like, 
all of a sudden be like hoping for me. And then all of a sudden I have to send some random doctor in because I know you're not really cool with that. I was like, oh no, no, I'm not. So after that happened, I was introduced to her partner, which I will spare their name, but let's just say they were horrendous in my opinion. Yeah, this um, person did not make you comfortable. Not make me comfortable. I called Amanda crying. Um, and my husband crying. Um, she just like your doctor should not make you cry or feel uncomfortable. I just, I just want to say that because I've had so many doctors over. It's like, and I really, I personally haven't talked about this a lot on the show, but for my entire life, I've just coincidentally had. I mean, I've had some great doctors, but I've had so many terrible doctors, and so it's just. Like, as an adult, I'm like, you know what? You make me uncomfortable. Fuck you. Bye. Yeah, totally. 100%. So, you know, that what happened was how Amanda was going back to what Amanda was saying earlier when she was like, you know, be your own advocate and you have to just not always trust everything they say. That was this particular case. Woman says to me when she brings me in, she's like, okay, well, listen, um, I do things a little bit different than your doctor, even though we're partners. And I am very much textbook. And if your baby doesn't come by, your due date or the week of your due date, like we're inducing. And I was like, whoa, 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 in my birth plan. And for those that like don't know because they haven't been pregnant yet or they haven't come through that or they're not going to whatever, a birth plan is basically you write it out of what you want, what your non-negotiables are, what you're willing to potentially, you know, negotiate on as far as like, you know, medicine, not medicine, this, that. So for me, I did not want to be induced, period. I didn't want an induction. I didn't want, you know, to try to bring her early i wanted her to be able to be you know her full term as long as she was healthy heartbeat was strong everything was good and everything had been great up until when i was leaving my my doctor that couldn't be with me anymore so like like, it's not it's really unfortunate what happened with with her father i should i should say that that like just sometimes these things happen and obviously people have to do what they have to do it's an uncomfortable situation Oh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I felt for her, and it was just really hard during, you know, like, my time, and, you know, that's life, I mean, it is what it is, and so this other doctor tells me to, you know, do an induction, and I was like, okay, well, my baby's super healthy, why would we do an induction, that's just how I am, I don't take chances, like, that's how I roll, and I was like, I get that, and I respect it, but, like, no, I'm not doing it, and she was like, well, she's like, if you go with me, I'm telling you right now, my due date was March 30th, she's like, I'm telling you right now, if you don't go into labor by, you know, literally like March 29th or showing signs of going into labor, like I'm inducing. And I was like, no way, like, no, 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 no way. And so I left there like in tears. She wouldn't even like discuss it with me. It was literally like my way or the highways. I was like, well, I'm definitely not going to this woman. And I went and had a couple more meetings, a couple other doctor referrals that I got. It was exhausting being at the end of my pregnancy and being like, so finally feeling I was at peace with what I was doing. And then I was like, just kidding. Universe wants you to start over. So I, when that happened, I said to Amanda, you know what? From the beginning, I always wanted a natural birth. I always wanted a midwife. I wanted all these things, but I didn't go for it because I had so many other people in my ear telling me this, so many other people telling me that, my parents, my this, my that, and that I just didn't honor my own wishes. And I kind of felt like when that happened, the universe was giving me a sign to be like, no, do what you need to do, do what's right for you. And so I decided to step up and be my own advocate. And I told my husband, you know what, after all this has played out, I want to go find another midwife, find someone local to us, find someone that, you know, is highly recommended and, you know, is safe. And that's what I want to do. And luckily my doula, Alexis Haynes, who you guys know, 
um, from our um, episode um, on the podcast, and I'm sure, of course, many other places on TV and this and that. She's an amazing I doula. I told you, by the way. Wait, I, that was part of the reason why I wanted her on the podcast was because I'm like, I think this girl should be your doula. I don't know. We were like, we should have her on, but like in real life, she should be your doula. And I was like, really? And you were like, yeah. And she was, Amanda was so right. She was amazing. And she referred me to Robin Poole of Pushman Wifery. And so, um, and some people say Wifery, I say Wifery. Um, and so I started going to her and she started checking Amelia and making sure everything was good. And she was like, there is no reason for an induction. Everything looks great. Like everything's healthy. Heartbeat's great. You're great. Like we're all good. So I'm, you know, continuing everything. Everything's cool. I stick with her. We stick to the plan. Unless anything changes with health, no induction. This is my birth plan. This is what I want. I want a natural birth. I wanted a tub birth because I always felt like just very connected to Amelia when I would take back, especially at the end of my pregnancy. I don't know why, but I was very drawn to water in my pregnancy, whether I was going to the beach and I wanted to be like, you know, near the ocean or if I was in the tub and wanting to like constantly soak, I just constantly went back in my head to like back. So I was like, okay, that's how I want my birth to be. Like an ideal situation would be I would get birth in the tub. Well, I mean, I had a one. So going into my actual birth, um, let's see, where do I start? Um, okay. Well, um, the beginning. So, um, it was April 1st. I was texting Amanda and letting her know how uncomfortable I was and how fed up I was with being pregnant and waiting, um, for Amelia to get here. <laughs> um, and I was officially, you know, as they say, quote unquote late because my due date was March 30th. Although my dual Alexis will tell you, you are not late. That is according to like standards of doctors and 40 weeks is technically full term and I had just hit 40 weeks so she was like you're really not late blah 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 and I was like okay but this is like freaking me out and like I'm not moving forward and why you know I'm walking all the time I'm doing the mile circuit which is like this big thing to do on the ball that helps everything move down and all these things I was doing to try to make it happen and it just wasn't happening and Amanda had been coming over before that for a podcast don't try to make that happen Oh yeah, like you were, you, you was, we were manifesting, we were talking, we were like, and you, and you were like sitting with me while I was in the tub, like trying to like, you know, move her down. Like, I mean, it was like, it was crazy. Like Amanda saw how uncomfortable I was and how ready I was. And it was just like not happening. And I was just like, oh my God. So, um, I made a decision that maybe I shouldn't have made, but I did. And it is what it is. Um, I decided that I was going to take, and I'm, I know I'm working so many comments for this and so many things. But go ahead and hold your comments, please. Um, I decided to take castor oil. Um, I had been told by many friends that was natural induction and that would help move the baby along. And so I asked my midwife, I asked my doula. They said, it's up to you. We're not going to tell you yes or no. Um, you know, it's not really something we recommend, but it is, you know, definitely a type of induction that does work for some if the baby is in position to potentially be ready, um, you're not going to know until you do it. It's totally your call. Before that, I was trying spicy food, which I can't even eat spicy food, and I was, like, dying trying to eat it. I was eating eggplant. I was walking and walking and walking. Like, I was doing everything I could eggplant? to try to get What? You were eating eggplant. Yes, eggplant is a natural stimulator for your womb. That's not the right verbiage for it, but there you could look it up. Eggplant's like one of those things that 
actually, I told our, our guest, Erica, you know, from Bring, uh, Bring Your Own Kombucha, she now is still waiting to have Lizzie, and her and I have been texting a ton, which she's like so I know, over. I'm so surprised she hasn't given birth yet. Oh, having a hard time, because she's really, really, like, trying, I mean, it's her. She's trying to, like, you know, I'm more apple. She's trying really to, like, you know, not have to go into an induction. And she's, like, set up. And I've been trying to help her. And I'm, like, try this, try eggplant, try that, try this, try that. So she's, like, so over it. And so, um, but her and I were both talking about how eggplant is one of those, like, natural things. Some people, like, there's some women, if you look it up online, that swear that's how they ended up, you know, going into labor was the eggplant. So I was trying everything. I had to make me, I cooked me eggplant. I had, you know, um, spicy food. I was trying, I mean, I tried everything. The only thing I didn't try that I kind of wish I did, and maybe I will for my next pregnancy down the road, is in Studio City, Amanda, there's a place called Kiyoki, and they make the Kiyoki salad. salad. salad yes. Yeah. Yes. But apparently they make a salad that is like literally for you to go into labor and thousands and thousands and thousands of women swear by it and have talked about it on podcasts and on Yelp and on this and on that and say like it, they actually went into labor after they ate the salad. So maybe that's what I should have done. But um, so, so in retrospect, maybe next time I'll post me for myself a salad. Um, but so I did the castor oil and I didn't feel anything and I was like, all right, maybe it didn't work, whatever. And next thing I know, that night, I start really not feeling well. I did, like, two teaspoons in my yogurt um, so that, like, I couldn't really taste it. And it was, like, all good. And I'm, you know, sitting there in bed. And I'm, like, okay, you know, waiting to feel something. And I don't feel anything. And then all of a sudden, I start, like, feeling cramping. And I'm, like, in pain. And I'm, like, Dustin, something's going on. He's, like, what do you mean? He's, like, are you in labor? And I'm, like, no, I don't know. I don't know. This thing just feels weird. And he's like, okay. He's like, well, what do you want me to do? And I'm like, I don't know. Call Alexis. So Alexis, like, this point is like on speed dial because your dual, when they, you know, you're super close to your due date, they like track you like crazy. So Alexis was amazing. Would check in all the time. Hey, what's going on? Hey, how are you feeling? Do you have any symptoms? Like, this is what you should be doing. Like, just always checking on me. So she, he tells her, and she's like, okay, you know, that could be early contractions. You know, why don't you get her, like, in the tub, start watching the contractions app that you have, start paying attention to what she's doing, and I'll be over there shortly. So I get in the tub, and by the way, I wasn't going to give birth in my tub at my home. I was getting in the tub for comfort to, like, ease my pain. And so I get in the tub, and I'm, you know, I'm trying to, like, breathe through these, you know, what I think is contractions, and it turned out, because of the castor oil, it was not contractions it was actually false labor that began and it just made like serious uncomfortable really painful cramping that I didn't expect to oh yeah I did not expect to experience and so that happened for quite some time and then um I laid back down and I started feeling uncomfortable again and Justin was like all right now what and I was like I don't know um, you know, I, I, I can't tell you, like, you don't, you know, you're new. Everyone tells you, oh, you'll know. I was so clueless. Like I knew I wasn't comfortable and I knew things were like happening, but I didn't know like what was happening. Like, I just, I, I, like, I, you know, I just didn't like know what was going on. I was like, like, what is this? Is this cramping? Is this contractions? Is this like my brain playing tricks on me? Like I had no idea. So 
we, um, Alexis um, came back over, the saint that she is, and she, like, checked on me and this and that, and she was like, all right, I think now you're actually starting to be, like, in early labor. And so I was like, okay. So, like, then she was like, okay, you know, just, like, let's go to Robin and have her check you. So we go to my midwife. I walk in, and she's like, you know, you're really, really early stages, like barely okay, barely in labor, like barely anything really happening. I hate to say this to you, but I know you don't want to hear it, but, like, you need to go home, like, lay in bed, try to sleep. You can't sleep. Watch Netflix. Like, do nothing and just be mindless. Like, at this point, it was like, Dustin, take Allie's phone. Allie, do nothing. Like, just chill. And it was like, huh, do what? <laughs> So I uh, got in bed and kind of laid there and was trying to like watch friends and mindless TV and whatever. And I like couldn't even space out. And next thing I knew, I finally fell asleep. And this was like, I think this was on April. Yes, it was April 1st. Then that night, the middle of the night, I felt myself get wet. That is so weird near water breaks, by the way. Like I literally was like, I peed myself. Oh no, my water broke. Uh, so... Um, I, uh, I woke Justin, so it was like, I think like two in the morning or something. And I was like, I think my water just broke. I'm in pain. Like, I don't feel good. And he was like, okay, then like, this must be happening. And so Justin was super calm. I have to say, like, I was really impressed with how good my husband was. Like, I knew he would be good during my birth, but he was like, really, really good. And so I, um, we got to get back in the tub. He, you know, text Alexis, hey, it's really happening now. You know, her water broke. This is what's going on. I was like, all right, I'm coming back over. Like, I will be there shortly. You know, let me get my stuff. Let me tell Robin, like, this is actually, you know, happening. So the dual going to get to the midwife and, like, let's go from there. So I'm in the tub. I'm, I'm pushing. I'm this and that. Alexis gets here. I'm in a lot of pain. I'm really uncomfortable. She's like, all right, get out of the tub. I was so mad, let me tell you. I did not want to get out of the tub. I wanted to just stay in the tub and try to, like, comfort my pain. And she was like, nope, you cannot be in the tub too long. Like, you can't be in the heat too long. We need to get you out. Like, we need to put you into the cold shower. Like, let's start switching things up. You need to start moving. So this is where a doula really is amazing. But at the same time, you kind of want to hate them during it because they make you move. They make you do things that, like, you don't want to do to, like, labor the baby down. Because, remember, when you're natural – there's no drug to push the baby down. There's no drug to move things along. It's you. It's all on you. So you labor the baby down by your breath, by your movement, by your body, by everything. So, and I, you know, I'm a first time like coming to be new mom. I have no clue. I read the book. I did hypno babies, which is like this um, hypnotism um, class. And you can take it online or in person. I did it online and I had like all the recordings on my phone I was always doing. And you can do all that. But at the end of the day, like who's to say that you actually know like what you're really doing? And I certainly didn't. So I was very thankful for having a doula, which I have to say, like whatever kind of birth you're going to have, personally, my opinion, I said it to Amanda too, no matter what, you have a doula. They just help you so much. And they are just there for you mentally, emotionally. They help your husband because your husband doesn't necessarily know what they're doing. Like, they're just, like, really there as, like, your support system. So Alexis was amazing, and she helped me continue to labor down. I mean, this was, like, so – I mean, it was a long labor. Like, I just remember we went from, like, the bedroom 
to the hallway walking around, to back upstairs to the bedroom, to then the shower, to getting on the ball, to back into my bedroom, to downstairs, to laying on the couch. And I finally fell asleep and took a nap. Then I woke up in so much more pain with so many more contractions. Yes, I was you, Amanda. Like all these things. And I was like, oh my God. I remember, Amanda, you'll enjoy this. I don't think I ever even shared this with you. Alexis was trying to distract me. So she took all of my extensions out and put them back in and brushed my hair while I was laying on the couch ready to vomit. Wait, she put your, she knew how to put your extensions back in? Yes, I know, right? I'm like, dude, you are the guru of everything. <laughs> she like, because, like, like, not that, um, they weren't the, um, what's it called? The sew-in. It was like clip-ins. Remember when I had the little oh. clip-in ones? Yeah. But still, like, that's not what a doula does. But she was just trying to pamper me and make me feel good. So she laid me down on the couch and she was like, okay, Justin's going to, like, massage your legs and feet. I'm going to brush your hair. I'm going to play with your hair. And while she was brushing my hair, it was, like, getting stuck. And she was like, okay, I'm going to take these out. I'm going to brush them all out. <laughs> Thank you, Alexis. And I'm going to put them all back in and, like, brush and brush everything. And I was like, okay. So, that, so then, like, so, that, so that's what we do. And then um, I started being in more pain. So I was getting into, like, heavier labor. So she's like, all right, let's go for a walk. Then we went taking a walk around, like, our neighborhood. And we walked around and like, I just remember, oh my God, I mean, actually I'll have to send you like this photo, like between us, because Alexis took a picture of Justin and I like walking and I literally look like I'm like a zombie and like, I can't even stand up, but I'm wearing, of course, my like faux sterling like jacket and like bright pants and like my huge fuzzy flip-flops, like no shame, no big deal. (laughs) So... Um, you know, so I'm walking around and like trying to labor Amelia down and walking and walking, walking. This continues for hours. I mean, like hours, like, and we're just, you know, laboring her down, laboring her down. And you have to kind of know that when you go into a natural birth. And I mean, I knew to a point, but I didn't really know because I've never done that before. But I had heard like when you are laboring naturally, you have to labor the baby down. So you have to do different movements. You have to be willing to move. And let me tell you, when I was walking around, I was begging Alexis like she can attest this like begging and begging and begging her please don't make me walk anymore please let me sit please let me lay down and it was like no 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 and it was like oh my god like I just remember like constantly dancing (laughs) with Justin because like dancing helps like get the baby down and swinging and like swinging my body and doing squats and like oh yeah like just everything you can imagine and her can be comfortable by like Justin would be swinging me and she'd be massaging me. Justin would be massaging me and she'd be like helping like push me down. Like it's like no joke. Like you are in it to win it if you're being natural. Let me just say. So all this goes on. It was um, a long, probably about 10 hours, maybe a little little less at my house. And then um, we're not going to go heavy into it, but you get like your bloody show. All these things happen when you like labor the baby down that are supposed to happen that show you that the baby's coming. So once that happened, Alexis let my mom know, and they were like, all right, let's go, bring her into the push center. So we go over there. I can, like, barely, like, get into there. Like, I'm, like, like crawling into the room, and she's like, I can help you up. And I'm like, no, 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 just leave me like this. Leave me like this. And, like, when I, when I lay down, and she starts checking me, and she's like, okay, yep, you're seven centimeters. Like, she's coming. Like, this is happening. Like, get ready. This is about to get really real. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's not real right now. Holy shit. So, um, and you have to get 10 centimeters, uh, for those that don't know. So, um, you, uh, 
So I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm pushing and pushing and pushing. I'm back on the ball. I labored for another like few hours in the bathroom. I never thought I Wait, when I you say sit that. on a toilet. Yes, I was going to say, I sat on a toilet. I never, Amanda, can I just say, and for anybody else listening, like, I never thought that I would labor on a toilet because to me, that was so weird and so gross. And, 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 and who, and like, who did I know? Like, 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 I can't, like, now looking at it, I'm like, Allie, how dare you? You don't know. But like, in my mind, I was like, ooh, I wouldn't want to sit on a toilet. For whatever reason, for at least like probably two, three, three hours, I sat on that toilet laboring down and I felt so comfortable being in this like dark space at one point I made Justin come in and just literally sit in front of me on the toilet and push my knees down and push my head down to just stop like what I was feeling like I was so just like in the zone in there and like I couldn't even believe it like I was like I cannot believe I'm sitting on a toilet this long but I don't know why but it was comforting to me so I get it now with like women in caves and women in fields like there's just something about that dark space for some people that like makes you feel comfortable so I'm in there for a while, and actually, I will share, not now, but in the next 20 months or so, from one of my first pictures of that photo of me on the toilet. We can't see anything. We could see me laboring on the toilet, and it's pretty intense. But um, so, anyways, um, that happens, and then she comes in, and she's like, listen, your water's been broken for over 24 hours. You know, I know in your birth plan, going back to again, you being an advocate for yourself, I know in your birth plan, you did not want any IVs, you didn't want this, you didn't want that. Um, I'm not telling you what to do, but I kind of nicely am suggesting that you do these antibiotics and you do this IV because you've been broken for so long, and I would like for you to be extra safe, God forbid. So I was like, okay, I will do that. Um, making fun of myself here, <laughs> I started crying when she gave it to me. Meanwhile, I'm not crying through labor, but I'm crying with a freaking IV. From like stress. <laughs> what? From stress. Probably. I was like, Dustin's like, you're crying, and she's putting it in your like in your arm, like, and you're shaking and crying, and like, meanwhile, like you're laboring like a champ. So I was like, I don't know, it's so painful. Like, I don't even know. So. <laughs> Um, so then that happens and then that, we continue to push. Then she's like, all right, get on the bed. Now I'm at eight centimeters, get on the bed, push further, you know, push down more, push down the ball, do this, do that. I'm doing all these things we have to do to help again, get the baby down, labor the baby. And I'm like really getting tired now. Like I'm like exhausted. Like, I feel like I literally ran a marathon. Like, Shout out to Kate Casey, who was one of our <laughs> guests many times on our podcast, and we've been on hers. Rally Life with Kate Casey. Kate Casey told us when we were talking to her about me being pregnant and then when she got pregnant that it's like running a marathon, but Kate Casey, like, loves it. <laughs> um, I did not, but um, I get what she means by the marathon. <laughs> um, so um, I, I thought of her, Amanda, when, like, like, I literally, like, felt that when I was going on, like, during my labor, and I was like, oh, I get it. Um, so anyways, um, so all that's happening, and they're like, all right, we're getting really close, so now it's time for us, if you still want your tub birth, it's time to get in the tub. If you don't want a tub birth, it's totally fine. You can stay on the bed, and we will do it here. And I was like, no, no, no. I wanted my tub birth. I wanted to be in the water. So we get me up. I had, like, flowers. I had, like, candles, the whole crystals, the whole nine yards. They set up the tub for me. I know you're laughing at me. Um, they set up the tub for me, and I get in, and I feel, like, really good. And I'm, like, I, I, like, I feel, like, relaxed. And I'm, like, okay, I'm ready. This is it. And I start, like, really pushing. 
And I started feeling like really sick. And she was like, what's wrong? And I was like, I just feel so nauseous. And she was like, all right, well, the good thing about when you're at a push center or in a home birth is you can actually eat. You can't eat a lot, but you can eat something. So Jocelyn had gotten me like tiny little snacks and like, like plain like bagels and things like that. So I had like a bite with a bagel because when you're in a hospital again, they have certain protocols and things that they advocate for and that they believe. So like once they hook you up to anything or they do anything with you, you're not allowed to have food. You're not allowed to have anything but water. Like you just can't. So that was one nice thing that like I was able to eat a little. So that gave me a little bit of strength. I was drinking a drink called Recharge through my entire labor, which was a godsend. It's basically like a organic version of like Gatorade, like, but way, way, way better for you. And it helps charge your electrolytes every time like your body like basically needs to and you're shutting down. So I was chugging that. Like Justin bought probably, no joke, like 10 jugs. And I downed all of them from the beginning of labor to the end. So it was just like chug, 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 chug on top of water. And so, um, what was I saying? Oh, okay. So I'm bringing my recharge. I'm like starting to finally feel a little bit better. And I'm pushing again. And I'm just not getting, so they say, and I don't know, sadly, because I didn't get to experience this. Um, they say it feels like you have to take a shit. And like you have to just push as hard as you can. That's gross. That's what everybody says. And I wasn't feeling that. Like, I just wasn't getting that sensation. And Robin said to me and Alexis, like, what are you feeling? And I'm like, well, I feel pressure and I feel tight, but like, I don't, like, I don't feel like I have to feel like that. And Alexis was like, all right, push harder, push harder, squeeze me harder, push harder. And I tell you, like, Bogettes, Amanda, like I, like anyone listening, I was pushing and pushing and pushing, like just squeezing so hard. And I like, even now I'm getting like, ugh. Like, and mm-hmm. I, she, like, she was just, I did not feel her. Like, I felt her, but not, like, what they were saying. Like, I was just like, no, I just don't. And that's when Robin was like, I'll be right back. She stepped out of the room. She took Justin with her. That's when I knew something was going on. And she took him to have a conversation with him. And he came back, and he looked at me. And I remember he was a little teary-eyed because I think he felt for me because he knew what I wanted and my birth plan and you know, this and that. And he looked at me and he goes, babe, um, you know, I'm not telling you what to do, but Robin thinks that maybe you can't push her out and, you know, we should go to the hospital and get intervention. Now, when you're someone who wanted a natural birth. A hundred hours later. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It was, it was 30, it was 30 hours later into my labor. And I felt like I was finally in the home stretch. I was finally about to meet her. And I was like, what do you mean? I, what? And like, and I like said to Amanda afterwards, after I shared the story with her, like hearing interventions and a hospital and all these things after you had worked so hard to stay away from that, for me, it just felt like such a failure. Like, I just felt like, like, why is this happening? Like, why, why can I not do this? Why is my body not doing what it's supposed to do? I was so upset at myself and so down on myself in that moment. And I just, I, I just looked at him and I just like started crying and I said, fine, get me out of the tub. So get me out of the tub, get me my robe and we head off to the hospital. And in the middle of all of this and love my parents to death because they're my parents, but they made things not so easy because they are very doctor-based people. 
they very much believe in that's the way things should go. And like how Amanda was saying, kind of like the God mentality. They're not that extreme, but I would just say they're close. Um, and they felt like from the beginning, what the hell am I doing? And why the hell am I not in the hospital? So it was already a very, um, situation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A very yeah. tense situation. It was very fear-based. And so when I came out of the push center and we were getting to go to the hospital, my parents were like on me, like right on right, like following us out, like running around. Well, long story short, we asked them not to be at the birth center because we knew it wasn't going to be, even if it had ended up happening the way it should have, it wasn't going to be what they expected because they expected my mom, who had myself and my brothers, she got into the hospital. They hooked her up to Pedersen. Four hours later, I was born. Six hours later, Daniel was born. Like that's how sometimes it goes. So they didn't understand why is it taking so damn long? What is what is wrong? And they wouldn't leave and they stayed at the birth center. And I believe also, and I take full responsibility for the way my body does things and I don't I don't fault anyone, but I do believe in energy and I do believe in like a man's of attention. And I don't think that it helped my situation. Um, so that all happened. I go to the hospital. My midwife was amazing. She did not have to come with me. Once they transferred to the hospital, the midwife is essentially done because they're not allowed to do anything at that point because it's no longer their jurisdiction. They're allowed to help you get there, but they're not really allowed to like be there to do anything because it's not their job anymore. So she could have easily tapped out and just said, good luck and left. She was incredible. And she turned to my doctor, which by the way, backstory with all this, when you go to a good midwife, I will say, because every midwife is different, but a good midwife, someone who is a real professional who has had thousands and thousands of births, who does their research, they have a backup doctor they work with in these types of scenarios or emergency scenarios. So Dr. Koyakin, who was hers, he was introduced to me and he was mine. And so he was who I ended up going to when this all played out. So when I got to the hospital, she had already called him. She had already briefed him and let him know what was going on. And he had already said, okay, bring her in. And so he already knew what was happening apparently before I even knew what was happening when I was in the tub and she had made the phone call. So when I got there, he was already caught up to speed. You know, he was like, sorry, you have to see me. I know you didn't want to, but here we are trying to make, you know, jokes. Amanda, he totally reminded me of you because he has such a dry personality. Like he literally looked at me and he goes, actually Justin and I both said that it was like kind of comforting for me because we're so close. And he said to me, um, as I was on the, you know, they put me on the bed and everything and they hooked me up and he looks at me and he goes, huh, I know you don't want to be here, but I'm going to give you this fashionable accessory. And it was like a heart monitor belt, you know, across my belly. <laughs> I'm like, great. Yeah, thanks. You know? So, um, so then he looks and he's like, okay, I see her. Like, you know, you are for sure. Like you're almost there, you know, let's like get you hooked up and see what we can do. Like we'll check the heartbeat. Everything looks great. Like everything was great. Amelia was great. No distress. I was great. Everything was fine. It just wasn't happening. So he was like, all right, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to keep pushing. And he's like, but do you want to keep pushing? Like on, you know, like just natural here. You want to push, you know, with some help. What do you want to do? And I was like, I want to push natural. So stubborn me, I keep pushing natural for a couple more hours. Nothing's happening. Nothing's changing. Um, at one point, I pushed so hard, she started to come down. And then she shot right back up in the birth canal. Um, so, yeah, it's horrible. Um, so, <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Right. 
So um, in the moment, it felt that way. Um, and then he comes in and he literally says to me, okay, okay. we're going to put you on Pitocin. I know it's not what you want, but we're going to crack you up on Pitocin and try to essentially torpedo this baby out. How many hours has this been, by the way? So now this is about 35, 36 hours. Did you not sleep during any of this? Did you get to take a no, nap? No, you just don't sleep. You like you take like a cat nap, but like barely because you're still dealing with contractions and like you wake up to the contraction. You know what I mean? So it's like I thought you kind of do sleep, and I don't know how you hear stories. Maybe some women that are on so much drugs, they're just knocked out and they don't feel it. I don't know. But like I woke up to every single contraction. Like every time I would start to doze for like 30 seconds, I would feel a contraction and have to like work through it and wake up to have to deal with it. Like, and then I, and then I'd be like awake again. Like it was just, yeah, I don't know. I personally not for me. Um, so then he comes in, they crank up Pitocin. They're like, you know, now it's like, Oh my God, Pitocin is so painful. So painful. Like, because it really speeds things up and it makes your body like really like push the baby and like it essentially makes contractions happen way faster than they really should and it's their way of speeding things up and like he said trying to torpedo Amelia out um and so for me um they cranked me up I believe 15 is the highest you're allowed to be that's where I was they had me at the top 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 trying to push her out um he went to grab when I was pushing. Oh, I was in so much pain, Amanda. I, that that was seriously for everything that I went through. That was the most painful of my whole birth for the most part. Like that was just, oh, uh, was so painful. Like I just couldn't even. I was like, oh my god, this is just so intense. And then when I'm pushing, all of a sudden she starts coming down again, and he goes to grab her, and she shoots back up the canal again. I'm like, oh my god. And he's like, wow. He's like, this is the second time now, like, she's come down and she's shot back up. Like, okay, this is not looking good. And I'm like, oh, what does that mean? And now we're at um, about 40 hours. And he turns to me and he says, it's your call. She is not in distress. Neither are you. And I can let you medically push for, like, another 10, 12 hours. But it is your call if you would like to meet your baby tonight before midnight. Because now we're at, like, I think it was, like, 10 o'clock or almost 10 o'clock at night. And he was, like, and I was, like, well, what does that mean? And he was, like, I prep you for the OR. Well, my heart dropped. I started crying. This was, like, the last thing I wanted. Um, after going through everything I went through, like Amanda said, the, you know, the birth center, knowing what I wanted for my birth, my birth plan, on my non-negotiables, on everything, it was no C-section, no OR, no this, no that, no drugs. So it was like, for me, every single thing that I had prepped for, wanted, was like failing. Like, no this, okay, that just happened. No this, that just happened. No this, that just happened. Like, it was just like, I was like, what the hell is happening? I was so upset. I was so down on myself. And Justin just turned to me, like the good husband he was, and he said, babe, you've been a warrior more than I ever thought you ever could be, to be honest. And if you want to keep pushing and keep going, I will hold your hand. I will hold your leg. And we will keep going. But if you want to meet her tonight, I would love to meet our daughter tonight. And I will be there with you in the OR. And it will be over very quickly. And we will have our baby. And I, like, started falling. And everybody left the room. And Justin and I were alone. And he kind of, honestly, I mean, he didn't convince me. But he kind of, like, just said to me, like, Allie, you're so tired. Like, you're so tired. Like, 
you don't have to keep doing this anymore. Like you have proven to yourself, you have done what you wanted to do. I know it's not what you want, but like now it's like, it's about meeting her. And I, you know, as much as I didn't really want to keep going and I do even wonder to this day, like if I had kept pushing for 10 to 12 hours, would I have maybe, you know, gotten to like where I wanted and, you know, who knows? Like there's no, there's no guarantee of anything, but unfortunately I just decided, well, not unfortunately, but just, I decided to give in. I went in for the OR. I do have to say it was extremely quick. I was very alert. I made it very clear if I was going to do this. I did not want major drugs. I only wanted local anesthesia. I wanted her awake. I wanted myself aware. And I wanted to experience it as much as I could without too much pain. And they were very good about that. And it was not even five minutes. It was literally like we got scrubbed in. They brought me in. They let my midwife come in to come behind me to hold, like, my hand. My birth photographer was on the other side. Yes, I had a birth photographer. My poor birth photographer, by the way, because she expected to, like, be at the birth center. And, you know, of course, she's used to it being a birth photographer, but she was all over the place until this finally happened. Like, my whole team was just... I would yeah, not want anyone there. I would be the opposite. I would not want anyone there, like a birth photographer. You know, I thought that, and I thought about, like I said to Justin, you know, she got a ton of pictures of me laboring, and she got this... Maybe I'll just tell her to go home. But then, it, to me, it was like, no, one day I'm going to want my whole story and I'm going to want, as much as this is painful right now, some type of memory of this. And so, to me, it made sense to let her be in there. But trust me, I had those moments in my head. No, I and, just, I don't know. It's very weird. Like, I would not want, like, okay, do you remember that episode of Sex in the City where Miranda gives birth? And Carrie has to tell the nurse to not, like, be a cheerleader. Yes, 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 yes. Like, I mean, like, I think I'd be like, yeah, like, I don't want to, like, uh, in and out. Like, yeah. okay, minimal fucking involvement. I mean, yes and no, but I just, I don't know. I'm washing my hands because I just got applesauce all over them or apple, whatever. Um, so, you know, all that happened and then... Finally, five minutes later, Amelia was there. Um, I did feel a little bit of tugging. I was not comfortable, but I mean, I was comfortable as I could be. And I was so happy as soon as she was born. They honored me. They put her right on my chest. So we had immediate skin to skin. I held her as much as I could since I was very weak and very tired. But they helped me kind of have my arm under her and hold her and lay her on me before they took her. And then How she was long born. Was that? It was 42 hours of labor. No, I mean, how long, like, did you have her on you? Oh, um, they let me have five minutes, and then they had to take her to, um, but they only took her to the side because Justin made sure um, so he could cut the, um, what's it called? The, um, the umbilical uh, cord. Thank you, the umbilical cord, mom brain. The umbilical cord. Um, and then um, he made sure that they um, basically, you know, checked everything in front of him so that they didn't take her away too long. We also didn't want her getting a lot of, you know, vaccines or off the get-go. So we made sure that we could see everything happening. Wait, wait, wait. Can we, can we make this clear? Because I feel like this is going to be backlashy. You are not an anti-vaxxer because we have been in Facebook groups where people, I'm going to say, where people think you're an anti-vaxxer and you're, you're not. You're just facing oh, no, the in a way that makes you feel comfortable. Legally, you have to have your child vaccinated to, like, go to a public school. But... 
And frankly, you don't have a child in daycare. You don't have a child that's even like with a lot of other kids. So you've had some vaccines. I'm sorry, I'm speaking for you because I feel like I need to, but you're spacing them out in a way that you've done research for that makes you feel comfortable. And by the time your child is ready to enter a public school, they will, you know, Amelia will have what is legally required. I just want to get that out of the way because it really bothers me when people accuse you of being an anti-vaxxer. It, like, really upsets me. Oh, yeah, I know, and I appreciate I appreciate you being very protective of me, um, and you're 100% right. Um, and the funny thing about that is, honestly, I laugh because I'm like, again, this goes back to being your own advocate and being an advocate for your child and what what feel is right for them and what you don't and for me I did my research as far as like what they need to get right when they're actually born like and it is not like you know like you know to each his own but of course really don't have to do everything right when they're born it really is up to you and the only thing we did do was the vitamin k shot because she had been pushing down so long in my canal, she had a tiny, tiny little bit of cone head, it's called. So the vitamin K helps to suppress that and, and helps in case it becomes like an actual thing when they're older. So that was why I did that. Um, but other than that, I didn't do anything else. And I wanted to make sure that the hospital honored what I said because I've heard personally horror stories of people that have told them, don't do this, don't do that. And they still do it because they feel what they feel and like, that's all well and good, but that's not what the mom wants. And 100% what you're saying now is me as a new mom. I'm doing a delayed vaccine schedule. That is a real thing. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of other parents and moms I know that do the same, um, my dual included. And um, there's nothing wrong with it. And again, only you can advocate for what you want. And only you can know what is best for you and your child and, like, that's it. I'm not telling you what to do, and I'm telling you not, not what to do. Don't tell me what to do, and don't shame me. And Amanda gets upset because she's seen people come at me and be really, really No, and it's, it's ridiculous. Wait, and let me just say this. As an adult who always got sick from vaccines as a child, um, and even as an adult, when I've been, I had a very bad, the last time I was vaccinated, for, actually not the last time, but I was vaccinated for something, um, many years ago, like the, the only vaccine, major vaccine I've had, that's not a tetanus shot after an accident or like a flu shot. Um, I had, I don't want to say what it was, but it's something that a lot of people get vaccinated for. And I had such a bad reaction. I could not move my body properly. And I've Mm -hmm. always had major problems with vaccinations. So I know that when I have a child, especially, and I think a lot of it is also that I mean, I'm not the smallest person, but I'm not a very big person. No, um, you're not a very big person at all. And these doses are made for everyone. I, I think that, like, personally, I don't know 100% what I will do, but I will definitely, but I think I will err more towards the side of spacing it out and a 1,000% will be doing research just because my own reactions were always so bad I just don't yeah, want to put my kids through that. A child as well. But Absolutely. you need to vaccinate. Look, you have to vaccinate your children. Like it is, it is what it is. It's an unfortunate reality of life. I think it would be great if someone could create vaccines that didn't have junk in them, that didn't have filler in them. Well, I'm not a doctor. Say, that's, what it, 
comes back to so many people think that I'm against vaccines because of the vaccine. No, I'm not against vaccines. The other stuff vaccine. It's the stuff in it. It's the thermosol. It's the mercury. It's the aluminum. And especially when they're just born. Like, yeah, especially when they're just born. Like, in my opinion, I didn't want any of that in her body. I just wanted her pure self and my breast milk. And that was it. And let me tell you something. I didn't even end up getting to have it be much of my breast milk. I mean, some because I pumped at the hospital. But when you get a C-section... Nobody tells you that your milk can be nine days to two weeks late. So I was so late to producing to give Amelia. So in the hospital, like I was pumping to get colostrum so that she had something to gain and she was still losing weight. And we almost had to like do other things and like have her stay under the lights and everything because she wasn't getting enough. And that was like really scary for me. And that was another reason I wanted to avoid a C-section. Like everyone just thinks, oh, it's just about the scar. Oh, it's just about the vanity. And it was like, no, there's so many things that nobody tells you about going through a C-section. A C-section can bring like other types of depression that like you don't know could come. A C-section, you know, like you can't drive. Like Amanda remembers, I couldn't drive for the first seven weeks. I couldn't even move out of bed for four and a half weeks. Like it was a very traumatic, very, very major surgery. My my mom, I was born by C-section. It's major surgery. Yeah, major surgery. And it's like no joke. And not to say birth by any means in any way is yeah. like, you know, not major because even in vaginal is major. And like, there's so many people that rip and tear. Like, I mean, birth is not easy. That's why not everybody does it. But C-sections especially, just because like, like Amanda said, it's a major surgery and what your body goes through and then what changes and how like things supposedly that are supposed to be, um, uh, exited out of your body, like when you have the baby, don't really like exit. So that's what makes your milk not know to come in. Like there's all these things that like you don't know, and it's crazy. And it's just like I didn't know any of that. So it was like I came out of it, and I was like, "What do you mean I can't breastfeed like right away? What do you mean I'm not getting milk? I'm not producing?" Like that added to all my stress after already not having the birth that I wanted. Um, and that being said, um, and I talked about it a little bit in people magazine and stuff online, Amanda can link that, but, um, the thing I learned through all of it is it's a birth strategy more than a birth plan, I would say. Um, and so you have to really be willing to know that like, it's not really always going to be what you want and your baby can have other plans and you kind of just have to go with it. And I'm still honestly hearing and dealing with the fact that I didn't have the birth that I wanted. Um, and Which I'm sucks. still coping. It totally sucks. Totally and I'm still coping with the fact that like, I don't like my body for my C-section. It's taking me so much longer to spring back. Um, mentally, I'm not the safe that I would be like, there's just, so much that I didn't ever expect, I guess, to come from this. Um, but it's been really hard for me. And so that's why it's taken me so long to talk about this and tell my story. But a positive I would take away from this is that I've learned through it, even though it didn't wind up the way I wanted it to. 
I could labor, I could do, you know, what I didn't know I could maybe do. And so my point with that is, you know, if you're listening and you're someone who's pregnant or you're someone who's going to get pregnant, you know, wonder about these things, like Amanda said from the beginning, trust your body, trust yourself, and trust that you can do you, even if things don't wind up the way you want them to. At least you started out how you wanted. And you... I guess they say, did it by yourself. Like, you did as much as you could do and you went as far as you could go until you couldn't. And, you know, that's uh, that's my story. I mean, I think that it's, it's hard that you didn't have the birth that you wanted, but I also think that that's not uncommon, that, like, things things happen. And I think, like, as long as you have a healthy baby, yes, then absolutely. you're okay. Um, that I had a very healthy baby, that everything was safe and fine all through, even though it wound up way more traumatic than I expected it to be, and it wound up a lot different than I expected it to be, and all of that, and at the end of the day, all that matters is that you have a healthy baby, and, and that they're, and they're happy and they're healthy, and you're happy and healthy, that's all that truly matters, but just know at the end of the day, like, no matter what you go through, it really does, like, strengthen you, and it does teach you about yourself and your body. And there's a lot of things I wouldn't think that I could do now that now I have the confidence in doing because of what I went And that's the silver lining, I would say. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and um, sorry it took me so long to talk about it. You know, I've talked with Amanda quite a few times and, you know, tried to relate to her kind of how I wanted to talk about it. And I just emotionally... I mean, I'm really teary right now. Um, it just wasn't in a space, and it just was really hard for me. Um, and it's not something I'm coping with. It's still something that um, I'm dealing with, and I'm finally not crying when I see my star. Um, I used to just sob. Yeah, there was my fear. I saw Amanda all the time. They're like, it's so bad. It's just so this. It's so sad. It's not this. It's not that. And, you know, like I, I don't know. I just, it's, it's hard, and it's an that and, you know, I mean, but at the same time, it prepares you to be a mom, and, like, that is a whole nother, like, crazy world, and I love Amelia to death, but, like, it is so different, and it is just such a change in my life and everything that I do and my schedule and everything, and, like, not to go into another subject, but I was talking to him before we recorded, like, I've had, like, major postpartum. Um, depression and not in the sense of where I don't want to be around my baby, but just where I don't know what to do with myself. I don't know what to do with my own emotions. I have a really hard time getting myself back to a happy place. And that's not who I am. And anyone that knows me or follows me or anything knows that's not who I am as a person. And so all of this has been such a journey for me mm-hmm. and has been so different than I would have ever expected but it's uh I'm just learning (laughs) it's like everything everything is like a learning experience and Mm -hmm. you know it's really hard when you can't control things like when you can't control medical things trust me like as I've said Uh, you want to control it and you can't right it's so hard it's like, look, like I've, I've been there with like my own, with my own stuff, you know, where I, it's funny. Cause like, I, you know, when I got, when I fractured my spine, 
I was at Cedars and I was actually in the old maternity ward is where they put me overnight Mm -hmm. when I was there. And it's, and it's so funny because like I was talking to someone who gave birth at Cedars and I was like, you know, it's so funny because my experience there was not that like, I'll be honest with you, I didn't really feel well taken care of. And this place supposedly has this world-class maternity ward. And I was like, you know, maybe the universe is giving me a gift and telling me that when I have a baby, this might not be the place for me. Yeah, Um, it could be. You got to trust those signs. The universe shows you things for a reason. I mean, I would definitely like tour it. But I will say this, from the person that I spoke to who had a baby there, and I know, by the way, I know someone else who had a baby there. I don't want to say who she is, but she's sort of famous. She's she's a big podcaster. And she did a whole episode on her birth. She's pregnant again. And she was saying how she didn't love Cedars either. And I just always kind of thought she was a negative person, but I'm like, eh, maybe she was right. But, but my point is, like, I think it's all about what nurse you have. Because I had one really good nurse. I had two good nurses. My ER nurse, well, she was kind of judgy, to be honest with you. Um, She was was judgy. They were really judgy in the ER because I wanted painkillers. Well, I was like, I really need painkillers. And unfortunately, because of the opiate crisis, if you go into an ER asking for painkillers, it takes forever to get them. And clearly, like, I was screaming in pain. Clearly, I had come in on a stretcher from a fitness right. class and was in my workout clothes, okay? I'm yeah. like, do I look? It was like, I just wondered, do I look like someone who's trying to get painkillers? Like, like you can, like, the ambulance form shows where I can. I didn't drive in. Like, right. I was in excruciating pain. And it's like, I didn't feel like I... I was listened to, and then they gave me yeah. morphine. It did nothing. Um, but I also have a ridiculously high opiate tolerance, which is weird because vaccines make me sick. So go go figure. But right. the point right. is, like, I think that it's someone. And then when I went up to my room that night in the old maternity ward, I had an amazing nurse. The two nurses I had the next day were so bad, I legit threatened to leave the hospital. I was like, oh, I, I remember that you were texting me. I remember that. I called mm-hmm. Allie. Crying hysterically. And I, I will bring this yep. story back to, to birth. But um, I was crying No, but hysterically. it's true, though. Like, it's, it's, it's you know, it's um, when you're in, you know, what, wherever you are, you yeah. know, like you said, we said, you want to advocate for yourself. And it's so hard when you're not able to be in control. And like you're saying with them the way they were with you. And so I felt also with me with so many things. It was like, you know, even when um, I was leaving um, the hospital and I was getting discharged, like they came in and. I told Amanda this because I texted her I thought it was insane. And they came in with, like, you know, um, uh, syringes, the nurses. And I was like, what's that for? And they were like, oh, we have to give you this vaccine and that vaccine. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Where's my doctor? And, like, what do you mean you're giving me those vaccines? Like, I had no privy knowledge of this. Like, I'm okay. Yeah, this is something I need. But, like, like, I need to know. I can't just come in here and, like, get ready to, like, inject me. And they were like, oh, sorry, you know, um, we thought you were told. Uh, I forget what it was, to be honest now, but um, I was like, okay, well, I need to know what it is. And then I looked it up and did some research, and I read how, um, you know, it was kind of something that they always do when you discharge from a hospital, but not everybody needs it, and it's just something kind of like a whatever precaution. Oh, like, wait, like, but like wait, let me say this. You know why they give it to you? Because they can charge your insurance company for it. Oh, Everything absolutely. is in it. 100%. 
everything is in insurance. Wait, that's sort of what happened to me. So I have some medications that I take and I told my husband, which have nothing to do with my back, but like, I'm not comfortable if I don't take them like some over the counter, some other medicines. Okay. Right. And I, I told my husband when he was getting my like bag, cause I was staying there and he wanted to stay with me. And I was like, ah, we have dogs. It's fine. I'll, you know, I'm just going to stay. Uh, you don't need to do that. Obviously when I give birth, it will be a different story. But anyway, sure. so, um, I said to him, bring my medicine. He's like, don't they have it? I'm like, I don't want to talk. I'm just like, yeah, they have medicine here at a hospital, but one of the medicines I take is really hard to get. And I doubt the hospital has it. So just, just, you know, bring everything. They put an alarm on the bed and they confiscated my medication for oh, me. I remember this. Yeah. Uh-huh. Only, yeah. I called Ali. It was hysterical. And I was like, I really just want to take, I was like crying. And I was, and it, they're like, well, we have to make sure it's okay to take. I'm like, you can see a prescription from a doctor on here. Like, this has nothing to do with my back. I just want to take my medicine. And I said to them, and then it was, it had been about five minutes and I call, I buzzed in the nurse and I said, I'm going to be honest with you. Unless you give me my medicine right now, I'm going to rip this IV out of my arm and walk. Cause at that point I could walk. Um, and, but again, like I couldn't, my mom, when I called her, she's like, why don't you just take your medicine? I'm like, there's an alarm on the bed. And every time I leave the bed, they come rushing in. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to leave. I am going to leave and you're going to look really bad unless you give me my medicine. And they, then they finally gave it to me and it made me real. And that was, that was like the beginning of the end of my back. No matter what your situation is, you have to be your own advocate. No one is going to do, no one knows what they're doing. There's a lot going on. And unless you give people directions, something will get fucked up. Like, I'm sorry to say, no matter what your situation is, it's just like that in America. And it's extremely frustrating that, you know, people don't think that you know your own body. And and I'll, I'll also say this because I was talking to Erica. And they try to tell you you're crazy. They try to tell you you're crazy. They try to tell you, like, like with, I remember no, with your back. Right. It was like, oh, no, this is not this. Oh, no, this is not that. Well, but you know yourself. But you know, like, what's wrong. Like, you know what's up. And it's like, don't tell me that. Like, it's crazy. It's, it's nuts. And I'll, I'll tell you this, like, it's just, I even said to Erica, it's so funny because you ended up, I think you referred or you helped Erica find a doula. I'm not a hundred percent, but when Mm -hmm. I was doing bring your own kombucha, which is get Erica on this podcast and we were both on her separately. And I said to her, she was like, you know, talking to me about birth because you know, you Chanel, whatever. And I was like, you know, have you thought about having, cause she was nervous. I said, have you thought about having a doula? And she's like, I have, but I guess it's not super common where she lives. And then, you know, you ended up fi- helping her find someone or refer. I, I don't really know what yeah. happened. Like, yeah. You were indirectly involved. And I just have to say this. I would not personally, I mean, look, you have to do what's in your budget and what's right for you. But knowing what happened, I actually said to Allie, I wish I could have a doula for my back. While yeah, I'm in the hospital. If you can have a doula, again, as someone who has not given birth, if I haven't said that 40 times, but just from knowing about Allie's situation, I would really highly recommend a doula. And if that's not in your budget, you know, I would just really make sure you have your wishes known. And I would maybe have, look, a close friend or a family member or even your partner, like, be that advocate for you. 
and make yes. sure and that they to write know. it down. Yeah. Make sure write that it down they're down and take a copy with you to the hospital or to wherever you're going. You need to have it because then that way you, when you don't feel good or things are happening in distress or whatever's going on, they can relate to that and say, okay, these are the things that she wanted. These are the things that were important. And then they can say to you, okay, well, Allie, this has changed now. So can we do this? Okay, this is this now. Can we do this? Because then they can go through your list versus just going, oh, she doesn't have a birth plan. She doesn't have a birth strategy, you know, just whatever. And it's like all bets are off. You need to be able to be your own advocate. And if you can't be your own advocate, you need to have it communicated so that whoever is advocating for you already has a list of what's clear that's important to you. And I had my husband and my doula, and I still had a list typed out. I know it's you just it, it is what it is but yeah just if you can have any sort of you know if you can have any sort of advocate like in any medical situation we both recommend that like just things are a shit show at hospitals and oh, it, yeah. is, it is it is what it is like look you can change the system like I've had more conversations with insurance companies and so has Allie. There's nothing oh. you can do but the one thing you can do is be your be your own advocate and just just try your best because things will go wrong. There will be snafus. Someone yep. will fuck you Things up. will change. Yeah, and and as far as birth is concerned, and I learned, there are no guarantees. You can prep and prep and prep and prep. You can do all the classes. You can do all the research. You can have a doula. You can have a midwife. You can have all these things, and things can still change in a second. And you have to be just willing to do whatever you need to do. Like Amanda said, just have a healthy, happy baby. But it's, you know, it's important to still be able to be an advocate for yourself and still be able to know what you want, even if it's not exactly what you want, so that things can happen the way they should. Anyway, so. we've been doing this. I was going to say, I feel like we've been recording for like an hour. How long? Oh, that was a long story. I mean, that was a hard story honestly will get to me to tell and thank you um for you know being you know so wonderful and letting me tell my story um and thank you for being so patient because I kept telling Amanda like I just I just wasn't in the headspace honestly even today on the phone like doing this I was crying like it's just it's still something still very real for me and very fresh and raw so it's um something I'm still writing down and, and dealing with and you know trying to uh cope with and and not necessarily of course like cope with the fact that like anything really went wrong because at the end of the day Amelia is amazing and I'm so grateful and so thankful that she was healthy and she was okay and I was okay but it was just more of like Amanda said losing the control not being able to feel you are in control in your own life not having things go the way you really wanted to go and you were manifesting all these things it was really hard for me and it still is and so Thank you for listening. Please feel free, as always, to reach out to us if you have any comments or questions about it. Um, I'm happy to speak to it, and Amanda, you know, as well, as far as things we talked about. And um, we really appreciate you guys. Um, We have, you know, as Amanda said before, um, I've had some ups and downs of the podcast, especially with me being, you know, super pregnant and, and us just trying to bank episodes and everything and I'm sure you guys hopefully if you are gotten to this episode you've seen we have so many amazing new guests and we've got so many more in the pipeline that we're so excited for um we're in talks with the network so we're manifesting that um and we're really we're really really working on this this is Amanda's and my baby and 
I just happened to be pregnant with my baby when we started this adventure. So now we're just getting it really like all together and making it happen. But we so appreciate you, Bogus. We love all the feedback we get. Amanda and I were talking about this the other day. We're so lucky and grateful. A lot of people don't subscribe. I was looking. Can you just subscribe? Hit subscribe. It's not that hard. And write us a review. But if you don't want to write us a review, if you just scroll down on Apple Podcasts and hit five stars, which takes two seconds, that is super helpful to us. If you could. Yeah, we really appreciate it. If you would. Yeah, if you guys could just. Go down, like Amanda said, super easy. You just tap subscribe. It'll also make it easier for you then because then episodes will actually pop out for you and you'll actually know when we have new ones and you won't have to go and look. It'll just be right there. Like all the podcasts that I subscribe to and listen to, I see on my phone every day. There's a new one from Bring Your Own Kombucha. There's a new one from Penny Confidential. There's a new one from Adderall Counseling. There's, you know, all these podcasts, you know, new ones, like all these podcasts that Amanda and I listen to just pops up. So we'll be able to be in that populated list for you guys. Um, so, you know, please do. And yes, please, if you have, you know, 30 seconds, it literally takes 30 seconds, write us a five-star review, even just something super short and sweet. And you want to give us a full long review, by all means, like, I read them, go right ahead. And if, you, always, if you don't know what to write about, just talk about an episode you really liked. Oh, totally. Or talk I'm giving about you a writing you prompt. Relatable or something that you were into or you know anything or even you know something nice but like what maybe you want to hear more of like we love hearing that i mean and i love getting like recently getting more dms different messages about people that they're interested in or what they liked about this episode or what they maybe didn't like like we're all about it we want to make this show for you guys and not just for us and we want it to be what you want to listen to as we decided we wanted this podcast to be what we wanted to listen to when we heard a podcast so we're all open and you know, we just really appreciate you guys. We're so excited for you to hear some amazing new guests that are coming on over the next uh, few weeks and even into the new year, which is crazy to even think about. And um, as we always oh, say, Amanda. Stop. No. Stop. <laughs> no, no. Shut up. You don't say stop. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. No. I can't even think that far ahead. Girl, it is October next week. Shut up. I mean, Amelia will be six months next week. Like, that's what you said to Shut me. Shut up hey, with girl, your pumpkin spice story. bullshit. I know. Um, I was going to say, um, oh, and I was going to say, too, like, please join the Facebook group. I'm doing more stand-up now. I'm doing host. I'm doing a lot of stuff. You can see me in more places. Um, so I would love it if you guys could come. Our, the link to our Facebook group is in the show notes, but you can just also search things we're too lazy to blog about. And I think it's really fun. You can give us direct feedback there. We're really good. I know I've been very bad. I should say this. I've been very bad about social media over the last week. I don't want to get into it, but I had a mass. I had the phone snafu from hell. I'll talk about it on a different episode. I don't even know when we're airing this. So at some point, if you're like, why was Amanda not on social media? Um, it's That's because right. I had a phone problem. Long story short. Yeah, yeah. And now Long my phone short, problem yeah. is resolved. So I'm on a lot more. No, I felt really bad. I was like, I haven't posted on Instagram. Also, it's okay. You know what? Sometimes we all need that little bit of break. Sometimes people do it that on purpose. You do you. It wasn't a break. I was being held hostage. Um, <laughs> I can't with you. Okay. Now let's sign off. Okay. Be fabulous. fabulous. Be fabulous. And, and an advocate for yourself no matter what. Yes. And an advocate for yourself always. I love that. All right. Thanks, love. Bye. Bye.
caught them both. How to chain Fonda. One, two, three, four. Get your booty on the dance floor. Work it out. Shake it, little mama. Let me see you do the chain Fonda. 